Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, here we go. It's a brand new Flyers Daily for the 15th of March, 2023. Flyers opened up a seven-game homestand last night at Wells Fargo Center. Unfortunately, it is a 5-3 loss to the Vegas Golden Knights. You're going to hear from John Tortorella. There are elements in the game, other than the result, that were good. There wasn't perfect. There were some mistakes. There was a goal allowed I didn't like. There's a lot of different elements to this game, uh, but the Flyers suffer defeat. Battle back in the third period uh, to get within one. Empty net goal gives Vegas the 5-3 win to start off this homestand. Where did the scoring start? Let's go to the first period. 8.34 into the first. It is Pavel Doriev who picks up the goal to get Vegas the one nothing lead, a second of his career. Riley Smith picked up the assist. And looking at the play, if you haven't seen this goal that he scored yet, go back and check it out. Go on Twitter or find a way to find the highlight of it. And you see that behind the net, as the puck goes behind the net with Riley Smith, two Flyers converge on him. First is a Flyers defenseman, and then Kevin Hayes. But Kevin Hayes is on the outside of Riley Smith, not on the inside. Torts, coaches, everybody talks about it all the time, being on the right side of the puck. In this situation, Kevin Hayes on the wrong side of the puck. He's got to be between the puck and the goal because that allows this huge gap next to the net from down low to be open where Doriev gets that puck and is able to do a, a quick wrap play, which ends up in the back of the net. And Kevin Hayes is too far to the outside. You're not, you can't defend the boards. you got to defend the middle of the ice. And he gave up the middle of the ice to join attacking Riley Smith, and he gave up the middle of the ice. And that allowed uh, Doriev to come around and slam that one home. I didn't like the goal. I thought that Felix Sandstrom maybe had an opportunity to poke that puck away on the wrap. It didn't. Ends up going high blocker into the corner. Puts Vegas up one nothing. So they end the first period down one, and the second we go, power play for the Vegas Golden Knights, and 158 in, it's Barbashev who picks up the power play goal. His uh, 13th of the season, Vegas now up 2-0, but at 810 of the second period, the Flyers get on the board, Travis Sanheim, puck comes out to the point after the Flyers put good pressure in down low around Jonathan Quick, kicks out to Ristolainen who puts it across to Sanheim. He sees an opportunity to move a little closer to the net and kind of puts a move on the uh, the guy defending the point. And I think he's trying to make a pass here where he's going to try and go back across the, the ice to the right side to James Van Riemsdyk, but it deflects off a of Vegas Golden Knight stick, ends up in the back of the net over the glove of Jonathan Quick, unassisted goal for Sanheim, 2-1. But then a couple minutes later, at 11.06, Teddy Bluger picks up a goal, and that puts the Vegas Golden Knights back up 3-1. Open the third period, down two. Vegas scores 3-0-1 in. Marcheseau on the power play. Penalty kill struggling right now. 4-1 Vegas at that point. And then perhaps the Flyers' highlight goal of the season. And now it didn't come from Owen Tippett. It didn't come from Kevin Hayes. It didn't even come from Travis Konechny, who's not in the lineup. But it comes from Nick Sealer. On the left side of the ice, gets the puck and decides to attack the net. He dangles two Vegas Golden Knight defenders beautifully and then finishes upstairs with Jonathan Quick. I was stunned. I didn't think that Nick Sealer had that in him. I don't know that Nick, Nick Sealer knew he had that in him to be able to accomplish that at an NHL game. Gave the bench a lot of energy. You'll hear Torts talk about it. Makes the game 4-2. Then at 10-15, Morgan Frost picks up his 13th goal of the season. He's just driving the net here. I thought Frost had a good game. But they're going up the ice. 
Lemieux going down the right side to chase a puck gets there, and Morgan Frost is just beelining it for the far post. And he's got the stick there in a perfect spot as a target for Brendan Lemieux, who sends it across. Frost is able to put it in just between the leg of Jonathan Quick and the post, and it puts the Flyers back within one. Frost's 13th goal of the season. As, as good as that goal was for Morgan Frost, that wasn't the highlight play of the game for him. The Flyers were turned a puck over in the offensive zone, and it goes the other way, and it's going to be a pronounced two-on-one for Vegas. This is in the second period, about 14 minutes left in the second. Vegas is going down. The D-man is settling back as the rush is coming to him, and Morgan Frost is busting it back on a back check. He points to the D-man to pick up to the right to pick up the, the guy with the puck, the puck carrier. You take him. I will get rid of the opportunity or the, the player that he will like to pass to. And he gets back. Ultimately, the D takes a little bit of time away from the puck carrier, and Morgan Frost intercepts the pass, and they go the other way. Great play. Preventing goals is just as important as scoring goals. Sometimes preventing them is more important. We'll talk about that more in a minute. So Flyers get within one on the Frost goal, his 13th. Then Barbashev picked up an empty net goal. At 18-28, Flyers go down 5-3 in the game. All right, so back to what I said about preventing goals is more important. Maybe not more important, but just as important as scoring goals. I was looking at Vegas, and they're a really interesting team in the way that they're built. They don't have a single player on their team that is a more than point-per-game player. Their highest scorer with 53 points is Chandler Stevenson. Jack Eichel has 51 points in 55 games, so he's close. But Stevenson has 53 points in 68 games. Marcheseau in 62 games is 48 points. Riley Smith in 68 games is 47. Carlson, 44 and 68. Alex Petrangelo, they're a scoring-by-committee team. Mark Stone, 43 games, 38 points. And yeah, they're not at the top of the league when it comes to scoring goals per game. In the NHL right now, they score 3.21 goals per game, which is 16th, right in the middle, average. Where they're really good is keeping the puck out of their net. That's, you know, they've gone through five goaltenders this year too. So Robin Lehner has not been available. They traded for Jonathan Quick, who's been really good for him, but they're eighth in the NHL in goals allowed per games played. 2.72. Now, I say that because if you look at the Edmonton Oilers, they've got Connor McDavid, who's played 67 games. He has 55 goals and 72 assists for 127 points. Insane. Dreisaitl in 65 games has 98 points, 42 goals. Then you look at Ryan Nugent Hopkins, more than a point-per-game player. 30 goals, 50 assists, 80 points. Zach Hyman, 66 games played, 72 points. So they have four players that are more than a point-per-game player, and two of the most prolific scorers in the NHL. They're in the same division with the Vegas Golden Knights, and they're also eight points in the standings below them because Edmonton cannot defend like the Vegas Golden Knights. When you look at Edmonton, uh, they're a team right now in the NHL, 22nd in goals allowed per games played. They score a ton, but they give up a lot. And that really is not the recipe for success in today's NHL in the playoffs. You might win a lot of regular season games doing it that way. The reason why the Leafs are so good this year and so much better than in past years is that they're seventh in the NHL in goals allowed per games played. That's why they're an improved team. It's no accident that the top 10 teams right now in the NHL in goals allowed per games played 
are Boston, Carolina, Minnesota, Dallas, the Devils, Islanders, Leafs, Vegas Golden Knights, the New York Rangers, and the Colorado Avalanche. They're the top 10 teams, and they're all headed to the postseason. And they all may have some success in the postseason because they're better defensively. Now, I say that just to say the Flyers have a roster to rebuild. They're in a rebuild. It's probably going to be under Danny Briere. And they need goal scoring because when you look at goal scoring in the NHL, there's only two teams that score less than the Flyers. That's the Chicago Blackhawks and the Anaheim Ducks. Flyers at 2.55 goals per game, 30th in the league. They need scoring. But when they're building this team, I think it would be more prudent to build it with a team that can defend like Carolina has been built, like Vegas has been built, like the Bruins have been built. Now, they have Pasternak, who can is an amazing scorer. But the thing about the Bruins, they're also a team that really never tore it all the way down, fire-sailed it. They made good picks in later rounds in the draft and developed players. The Toronto Maple Leafs, for that matter, they're a complete team. So when building a roster, you A, have to be careful how much you pay players because you have to build a full roster, and B, you got to have players that can defend because you're not going to go anywhere in the playoffs unless you can defend. That's the key. All right, let's hear from Flyers head coach John Tortorella after the 5-3 loss against the Vegas Golden Knights. You talked about your team really struggling to score. Can you take anything from the third period where you started to generate some offense? Yeah, yeah we score a couple of goals. Uh, I, I thought even in the – really throughout the game, I, I thought our puck support was really good. It's something we uh, talked about and uh, uh, showed some tape on. Uh, a lot of good things offensively, even in the second period, but we just don't get many shots to the net. We just don't finish some of the plays in the second period. Um, third period, uh, we end up finding a way a little bit. Penalties hurt us, taking you know too many men on the ice and grabbing the puck. It, it's just hard to overcome those. On the. Uh first and the third goals by Vegas, there was seemed like there were a lot of, a lot of standing around and watching. Is that a problem you think was kind of isolated to this game, or is that something that you guys need to really address? Well, I, I don't remember the third one. I remember the, the first one, the wraparound. Yeah, we lose. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to pick on players, but we lose a coverage where we, we should have had that post covered. We skated by it. They make a pretty good play in lifting a stick. Uh, but we lose our coverage by skating by the post. I don't even remember the third goal. Um, I'm not sure what the chances were. Uh, I thought, uh, for the most part, uh, our straight. I, I thought our first period, uh, structure-wise, other than the goal, uh, we turn one over on the wall. The young kid turns one over on the wall. They score. But other than that, our structure was there, and I thought our puck support offensively was really good. We just don't finish. Um, throughout most of the game, had some breakdowns here and there. Uh, I didn't mind a lot of the, a lot of the game. I, I just um, the two penalties hurt, uh, but we we're just going to keep on going. The efforts there, uh, we're just going to keep on going. 
PK struggled on the road trip and continues to struggle tonight. Would anything specific you see on the PK? It, we, we just, we're trying new guys. Uh, quite honestly, we don't have enough PK guys on the team. Trying to develop tip into one. He gets beat uh, on Eichel's play, the, a seam play. I mean, Eichel knows he's making that play three seconds before he touches the puck. Um, it beats us underneath. Uh, a big problem, uh, we, we bang one in ourselves. Pro V tips one in uh, on, a, on a point shot. A big problem with our penalty killing right now is when we have a chance to get it out, we don't and, and give the team a second opportunity. Uh, so we, we kind of self-inflict sometimes, but... Uh, we 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 need some we need personnel to kill penalties. I, I think next year, kind of in forecasting, looking at the lineup I've been doing here, and what if Coots can play, if Cam can play, we got a couple of penalty killers there. Uh, still trying to develop guys here. We'll see where it goes. You mentioned in Carolina that you were pleased with Felix Sandstrom's performance. How did you see him build on that performance? In the uh, I, I like the first one back, yeah, but but he made some good saves. Uh, the game's certainly not on him. Uh, I, I think we we just can't take him. The amount of penalties we've been taking of late, w with the inconsistency of scoring, it's it's just tough to overcome. And with with our penalty killing has been struggling, it's just too tough to overcome. So we need to be more disciplined. Uh, so we'll keep working at it. About the power play and its struggles all season long. Where are you with that at this point? And do you feel like there's anything in the last stretch of these games that you can get? Kind of keep it? working at it. I think I think Forster's going to help it. Uh, a bright spot for me again tonight. He's um, got really good puck poise. Hits the post coming downhill on a rebound. Uh, we're going to keep working at it. John, you talked a lot about the importance of pride over these last stretch of games. That said, you guys are playing against some really good teams, and this isn't going to be the last really good team you no. guys play. No. So how do you keep these guys from, I, wouldn't, I don't want to say packing it in, but just getting so frustrated that the outcomes aren't there, that the whole thing kind of snowballs? Big part of our job right now is that. Um, they battle back tonight. Uh, I, I, I thought uh, that these last four games, uh, we've packed a lot of good minutes into it. Um, lose four, that's a big part of our job is uh, w when you're teaching and when you're, you're in this situation, uh, we, want them to, we want to show them some stuff that's working, that they're doing, that it's correct, and they're executing. Uh, right now, it's not about picking them apart. And uh, th there's a lot of that in this game tonight. Uh, and I just talking to Rock about that. When we will have tomorrow off and we'll practice the following day, we need to show them stuff, especially the puck support. It's something that uh, we've lost, our, especially in the second period, we've lost ourselves in a little bit of support. I thought they were dead on with it tonight. Some of the things we did offensively, uh, other than making that last play and scoring a goal, I thought was really good. So that's the way we have to approach it. Nick Sealer is a heart and soul kind of player. That's a hell of a goal. Yeah, that, That's a three-on-three three goal. We play, We have a, a game three-on-three, three and Seals owned it the other day. And that's the first, I heard a couple of players talk about it on the bench. There's the three-on-three. Three. Couldn't happen to a better guy as far as what he's done for this team this year. And gives us some juice and uh, gets us at least competing to the end. Kind of a 
in a similar vein to the previous question. We've obviously seen the resiliency of this team. They don't give up in the third period. But kind of how you're saying you don't want to pick them apart. You want to look at the good stuff as well. How do you balance that of you're happy with their effort that they don't give up, but knowing that you have to get the results prior to that so you don't have to make that comeback? Yeah, you, you, I think you got to be really careful with the approach. Uh, my approach right now is a little bit differently different than uh, early in the year when we're teaching. Um, I, th I think it's more, um, I think it's more being with them. I, I think we need to be with them. We're, you know, we're done. We're not, we're not making the playoffs, but our guys continue to play hard. They, they, if they continue to do that, and I, I don't doubt they're not, I, I don't, there are, haven't been many nights in this season and in this godforsaken season that I've had to worry about effort. I don't think I will for the remainder. So I need to show them the respect and try to be with them and try to push them along, continue to teach, but in, in the proper way in what we're going through right now. All right, there he is, Flyers head coach John Tortorella addressing the media after the 5-3 loss against the Vegas Golden Knights. A uh, couple notes real quick. Carter Hart obviously didn't play last night. Felix Sandstrom got the start. Hart was out with the flu. Sam Erson was recalled as the backup. Um, from Lehigh Valley, got in, I think, pretty late, too. So we'll see if he's still here come Thursday. I guess that's another emergency call-up. But Hart out of the game. And then also yesterday, for the first time in a very long time, uh, Flyer center Sean Couturier practiced with the team. He was wearing a non-contact jersey, but he did practice with the team. Yesterday before Flyers practice, Torts was asked about him practicing and weighing that the player wants to get back and play, and should we let him play this year or let him come and just start fresh next year? Tort said, I, I'm, I'm more of a start fresh guy, but I have to respect the player. He said, Couturier, he said, I stay away from him. He's just been miserable because he hasn't been able to play. So he knows he's chomping at the bit. Couturier feels good. We'll see how this progresses over the next week or so uh, with him practicing with the team if that non-contact jersey is removed. And then... Tort said they're going to sit down with the whole entire medical staff before they make any decision on him getting into some games this year and also sit down with Sean Couturier as well. He said, I got to, I got to hear the player out. I got to respect that, and we'll see how this plays out. There is a chance he could get a handful of games, which, as you guys know, I'm all in favor of. I know a lot of people are not in favor of that and to say just bubble wrap him for the offseason and let him start next year. I'd like to know— if he comes back, that his body can handle it again. But again, if there's any risk at all, you don't do it. You don't incur any risk for any reason. But it would be good for the player, if there is no risk and all medical elements are cleared, to get back and play a few games just for his psyche into the offseason. He doesn't want to sit through a whole other offseason having not played and then starting in October – and wondering all offseason if he still can play and his body can handle it and then wait all the way until October. Then you're about 22 months, almost two years since he last played. Now, in some ways, if he is able to come back and play and be an effective player again, which we all hope, you know, this being out for almost two years could lengthen his career. Yeah, there's wear and tear on the body when you have multiple back surgeries. Not wear and tear, but... The body's not as strong as it was pre-injury and pre-surgeries, but there's a lot less wear and tear on all elements of the body. 
So maybe that's a silver lining. Maybe it's total baloney. I don't know. But I hope to see him. And we'll see where this goes and we'll monitor it here on Flyers Daily as well. All right, so we'll be back tomorrow. Another brand new episode when the Flyers will get set uh, to take on Buffalo on Friday. I keep thinking that game's on Thursday. It's actually on Friday. So we'll be back tomorrow. We'll have another brand new episode of Flyers Daily.